is the New Day the greatest tag team in WWE history? Are they potentially the most successful faction of all time? And should they have broken... What? I'm, I'm sorry, maybe, maybe my script's all wrong. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> this, this, this can't be real. I mean... This, this can't be. This can't be. This is all a... MEN! <laughs> Four score and one week ago, at the time of this recording, we have seen a travesty fall upon us because it is through the draft that we have seen a faction split six years strong. One built upon a castle of bootios, pancakes, and unicorn horns. Now I know that all of you are scared. No longer will we see trombones played here and here. No longer will we hear claps of New Day Rocks or New Day Sucks. And in these times of struggle, I want you all to remember not to blame or curse the times that have been left behind, but to look forward to the times that we had. Look forward to the pancakes and bootios of the past. Look forward to that graceful Kofi Kingston title push that we thought we would never get. Never get. We never thought we'd get a faction that lasted this long. Hell, we didn't think we'd get lasted longer, longer than a month. So I ask each and every single one of you, look me in the eyes. Preach, do not tweet how much the breakup sucked. Let's remember how through constant chance and gradual face turn booking, we once chanted New Day sucks and evolved into New Day rocks. So let's not look back at this curse as a curse and instead look at it as a blessing as in this situation we can finally see Xavier Woods get some entrance music. Kofi kicks and get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And of course, that biggie singles move! <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, I ask all of you to raise your hands and don't you dare be sour. Clap your hands and for the final time, feel the power! Yeah! <laughs> or at least until, you know, they're just gonna have that crossover thing where they all Yay, we're back together. Because that's how booking works, people. Yeah, maybe I should mention that to... Oh, they're gone. They're, they're just gone. Huh. Wow. I'm an inspiration. On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing The New Days, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Big E. One of my thoughts on their current breakup that occurred on the WWE Draft. Where on earth could they go? And where on earth will they go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends. Tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! R.I.P. New Day. R.I.P. So yeah, hey everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. Yes, this thing still does exist. And if this is your first time watching, welcome. Hello, goodbye, whoever you are supposed to be here. I don't know what you're supposed to be doing here. Yeah, this is the sort of weekly podcast where I just go through and pitch ideas for whatever wrestler of the week. Or, in this case, faction. Because... 
this feels kind of like a good time to talk about the New Day. Like, I feel like up until this point, they're a faction that hasn't really been given the credit that it deserves? Technically? It's hard to really say. Like, if you look at the accolades they have on paper, it's... I don't know if you can consider one of the most successful factions of all time, but I think you can consider it one of the most prominent, especially in the sort of 2010s era of WWE. You look at Kofi Kingston, who is kind of the veteran of the group. You have Xavier Woods, who I consider the brains and mind of it, just from the aspect that he kind of, I feel is responsible for making the group much more of a multifaceted platform rather than just being on WWE television. He created a whole freaking YouTube series. I don't know if he started the podcast, but I imagine he's the one who had the ideas for it. He's one of the original people who came up with the concept of the New Day. Then you have Big E, who is just this sort of like, at that time, before the group started, that kind of diamond in the rough. And it's been such a weird, wacky journey with these three. Especially from the early debut back in, what, uh, 2014? I could be wrong there. 2014, I think, is the right day. The right day for the new day. There we go. Great puns right now. And honestly, I think they've gone from strength to strength. Like, they had a bit of a rocky start. I say a bit of a rocky start. This was one of the very few times where they were a babyface and they got booed out the building. I remember you, Raw Rumble 2015. And then they just... They just gradually evolved. They turned heel. Which... WWE 101, if you turn heel, you're going to be cool in a couple months, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> they went from being this kind of group of obnoxious heels into obnoxious heels that we kind of just wish had a longer run with the tag titles. Because do you remember the primetime players run? Does anyone remember that, or is it just me? That kind of run that just kind of happened out of nowhere, but we all kind of thought, hey, why aren't they still the tag champions? Why do these people have the tag titles? And then SummerSlam happened, and then the New Day became Prop Day, in which month after month they brought in, like, Francesca, Francesca 2, uh, Unicorn Horns, a freaking cereal. They got a cereal. <laughs> uh, they got... What else did they get? There's probably more stuff that I'm completely forgetting, but those are the ones that just pop up into my head. Yeah, if you think about an incredibly marketable faction, I think to some extent they're probably one of the most marketable factions that WWE has ever had. Like, you look at just the stuff that I've just laid out. They've had cereal, they've had freaking unicorn horns, t-shirts, uh, you know, all the other stuff that WWE tends to market. They market everything. I bet they'd even market our houses if they wanted to. And it's so hard to really see them going on without, you know, actually being as a free man unit. I think that's kind of the main topic of this episode, is kind of seeing where they could potentially go with it. Because uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods are Raw Tag Team Champions, because they're no longer the SmackDown ones, in their weird, like, a la Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania feud, where it's just... Hey, you give me the belt. I want the belt. You give me the belt. I want the belt type of situation. Except it's just, hey, sharing is caring. I'm going to pass the belt to you. There you go. Belts are changed. Because, I don't know, tag teams. <laughs> but really, what is a great faction without their selection of feuds? I think the feuds that come to mind are probably the Usos feud. Probably one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I know I've ever seen, which is kind of a far cry from what we see now, especially with Hell in a Cell coming up. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. Uh, Kofi Mania, probably my favorite storyline that the New Day ever did as like a group and a unit. I think it's probably one of those like few faction sort of like feuds that kind of exemplify what the group was, which was just a group of three friends trying to just sort of make a mark on an industry that they felt they were being underutilized in. And for me, that's exactly what the whole Kofi Mania thing was all about. It wasn't necessarily all about Kofi Kingston. It was all about them as a unit being recognized as a 
sort of united force, something that can go for the world title. I don't know if you guys ever watched the Money in the Bank before that WrestleMania. I think Kofi Kingston was added in because they said they were going to add a member of the New Day. One of the things that Xavier Woods mentioned, like a backstage segment, it was posted on the YouTube channel, and for whatever reason, I remembered it. It was that they said that Kofi's going to be WWE champion. Which, if you heard that in like, what was it, like mid to late 2018, kind of 2019 area, I don't, I don't think anyone would really believe you. Like, nothing against Kofi Kingston. He showed that he could be a fantastic WWE champion. But who who really saw that? Like, who who got out the, like, horoscopes and were just checking, like, on their star sign that Kofi Kingston will be WWE champion? I don't think anyone did. So I feel like just them having, like, a world title, considering they were considered such a fixture in the tag team division... That's such a big deal, especially from how WWE treats tag teams, especially now. Like, you look at the tag team divisions that we have, and don't get me wrong, they're, they're, they're all talented guys. WWE has one of the best talent rosters in the world. But, are there any tag teams in that roster who you can see main eventing a show? And that's nothing against the talent in the ring, but it's just the way that WWE presents tag teams. For me, there's only really two. And that's currently right now the New Day, and it's the Usos. Well, not really the New Day anymore, but that's the topic of this podcast. So that's just kind of a general notes and consensus, because that's just kind of my general highlights of everything. We kind of discussed this last week with Chris Jericho. This kind of feels like a weird marketer. <laughs> Machina? What the hell is a Machina? I'm figured Deus Ex Machina. That isn't what I should be thinking. But are they the best tag team in WWE history? I think they have the accolades. Absolutely. Uh, Longest reigning tag team champions in the company's history. Like, you don't take that lightly. Especially with the way that WWE books tag teams now. Having, like them hold the titles for such a long period of time in that sort of like 2016 period, that's a big deal. Especially considering how quickly tag team titles or just WWE titles get swapped so frequently. It's usually within, what, like two or three months? That's... That's kind of shocking. (laughs) And then you also talk about the amount of titles they won. Seven-time tag team champions as a whole. Uh, Maybe even a little bit more if you count Kofi Kingston's previous title reigns. And then also the big WWE Championship moment at WrestleMania, which is, I feel like with a great faction, you have to ask yourself if they made an impact on the industry. And I think they did. I think that Kofi Mania is such a big catalyst for why they could be considered one of the greatest factions of all time. Sure, you can count the tag title reign as being this utterly sort of like historic thing for them especially in sort of that 2010s wwe that kind of like period of time but the kofi mania thing was a thing that just everyone just sort of got behind it's one of the very few times i can recall wwe just taking like an opportunity and running with it we know how wwe plans things it's usually we hear it backstage like it's all last minute it's the it's the kid who's on their sort of like submission day where it's just like it has to be in by 10 a.m they're doing it at 9 59 <laughs> that's kind of how w tends to operate and to be fair when you're booking three hours of television i don't blame you but the kofi thing was such an organic thing such a welcome surprise and, like, you've seen the clips of just sort of, like, MVP crying or Shad Gaspard, rest in peace. And I think that's an impact that can help bring this groundswell of people from years and years to come. I don't know if they're necessarily best. I think that's hard to really say, considering my lack of knowledge of certain things. But I can definitely consider them one of the greatest factions of all time. Absolutely. No question. Because if you talk about a faction, the intention of a faction usually is to get them all over as a unit. And I think the sign of a great faction is one that can get over every single individual in it. 
I think the New Day got over Xavier Woods as a credible wrestler, not just R-Truth's friend, which ironically happened both in kind of the WWE and TNA. Go watch some TNA if you want to know why. And you also got Big E, who at that point was also kind of, I guess, stagnant. Like he'd won the IC title, then lost it to Bad News Barrett. And he's kind. Then he was kind of in limbo for a period of time. Kofi Kingston has been in limbo since 2009. <laughs> like, the whole thing with Randy Orton then. Icy title. Icy title. Oh, here's an Elimination Chamber match for the W title. Icy title. Icy title. That, that was Kofi Kingston. <laughs> and honestly, putting them all together as a faction, I feel like it just... It raised all of their stocks. To a point where I think they talk about it a lot specifically in the early years of the New Day. They were a faction that sort of redefined what would be the typical stereotype of their type of faction. Like, they could have been considered the Nation of Domination 2.0. And they showed that you don't have to be that. You can be whatever you want to be. And I think for people who are going to be up and coming, they're going to be considered an inspiration of, like, how to navigate sort of the WWE system. Just work your ass off and just keep, like, trying and trying to just sort of, like, get over with things. Yeah, that's just kind of a general consensus, I guess. I I feel like I should talk about this more, but we'll get into that. Because I realized I've nearly done 10 minutes just talking about the New Day at as a faction, which, to be fair, rightfully deserved. I am going to miss them so much as a team. And hopefully, we will get those eventual sort of, like, friendly reunions. You know, the classic, like, cinema group hug that you get, you know? It's like, maybe you want to play some cinematic music. You know how WWE does with their video packages. Just just do that, but with them hugging. They're going to be the best friends of WWE. <laughs> and do that. Hell, we'll still see them on their podcast, hopefully. Then you've also got Up, Up, Down, Down. Well, there are other things. It's going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Do you believe me? I think we're all going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. As we go into pitching ideas. So, the way that I think this is going to be structured, because I realize it's a faction. It's free people. I can't just do all free at once. They're no longer a team. That's ridiculous, Connor. Why are you doing an episode about the New Day, Connor? And for that, I say, yes, we're splitting this up. So the way that we're going to be doing this, it's going to be one after the other. We're going to be doing uh, Kofi and Woods together because they're still tag team champions for one idea. The next one, Big E, then Kofi and Woods, then Big E, and so on and so forth in that very short four idea scenario thing that tends to be this thing. So if you've never listened, here's the basic format. So starting off, uh, New Day, uh, Kofi Kings and Xavier Woods, Raw Tech Team Champions, whoop, whoop, yay, yay, they won the belts. I, at first, when thinking about this, had no idea what the hell to do with them. I'm gonna be honest, because I don't think there's a lot of credible tag teams on the main roster, and maybe that's a hot take, maybe that isn't. But when I look at Raw, it's a lot of challenges they've already fought before. You've got Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. You've got, uh, let me think, Lucha House Party, Luchadors, who aren't Rey Mysterio. And, uh, there's probably more tag teams that I'm not thinking about, but those are the first two that come to mind. Because Rudolph, the red-nosed Ziggles, are on SmackDown. And you've got Heavy Machinery are split up. And uh, Street Profits on SmackDown. Trying to think of more tag teams. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, both on SmackDown. I can't really think of much for the tag division on Raw. So, what do we do with them? I suggest we have a call-up. And what call-up? Imperium. Why Imperium, you may ask? It's such a weird thing. The da 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 Kind of odd, you know? Classic sort of in-ring 
We are the mat-based men. We we respect the ring. You don't respect the ring. I respect the ring. I changed the carpets of it. I changed the woodwork. I'm secretly part of the ring crew. We were ring camp. Now we're ring crew. Ring camp, ring crew, Imperium. And for me, they are the complete opposite of what Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are. They're kind of the happy-go-lucky kind of joking, we want to entertain everyone. Yay, 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 yay. Imperium, they're just no-nonsense, I want to beat you up for the sake of keeping respect to the ring. I think that if you want to build this feud, you have to build it on the idea that the New Day as a tag team don't respect (laughs) in-ring psychology. I know that sounds weird, and maybe that doesn't really make any sense with the New Day, because they're considered a a high-up tag team, but if you think about Imperium as a unit, they're all completely based on this in-ring respect. And what do they see with the New Day? They see unicorn horns, trombones, exaggerated attire, and consistent video game references that make no sense in a wrestling ring. Don't get me wrong, I love video games, but sometimes they're kind of colloquial. And maybe shouldn't be there, or maybe they should. I don't know. But we're going to say they don't belong for it in this idea. And so, it's a feud that revolves around respect being earned from both sides. Kind of how the New Day and Usos feud kind of was being developed over the match after match after match after match. With their eventual Hell in a Cell feud. And maybe you don't want to go as hardcore as a Hell in a Cell match with this. I feel with this, you can just have straight up tag matches. Give them time. Especially give them time. And I think you can have some incredible tag team matches. Especially with the Kofi Xavier Woods sort of dynamic. We don't really tend to see them as a unit going for the tag titles. Throughout most of their run as the New Day, it was mostly Kofi Kingston and Big E with Xavier Woods on the sidelines. And for me, this is one thing where I think you can really showcase Xavier Woods. He's a guy who I think everyone sees him as the mouthpiece of the New Day. A guy who can wrestle, don't get me wrong, he's really good. But he doesn't really get the spotlight that all the others get. He is the guy who kind of built the group and sort of reestablished things around the group, but isn't really credited as much for being the primal force of the group. And I think this can showcase sort of that kind of serious nature of him. Kind of think back to, I just recalled the Wyatt feud. It's a feud that I think is kind of forgotten. The kind of like serious side of Xavier Woods when he thought who's being like haunted by Bray Wyatt. Bring that out in this feud. Bring out that seriousness and have Kofi Kingston kind of be, I guess, the middleman in this situation. Just trying to sort of like balance him out as like... Yes, we know you respect the ring. We all respect the ring. We've been here for, like, Kofi Kingston. I've been there for 11 years. 11 years. And I didn't get a watch. And Woods, kind of, you know, he's still trying to earn the respect of, like, everyone else. Kind of being, like, proving that he wasn't the weak link of the New Day. And I think that's a story you can tell with this. Is Xavier Woods is not the weak link. He's probably one of the strongest links in the group. And just have that contrast with the way that Imperium is all built around the WWE United Kingdom champion, Walter. Walter, do you say Walter or Walter? I, I'm going to say Walter, Walter. Walter, Walter. <laughs> and you know what? Why not let this whole thing of Walter, Walter's Imperium and the New Day, well, at least Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, settle it in a two-hour-free falls match? For the tag titles, because I think that would be awesome. That's quite a very simple thing to do. It kind of, like, encompasses sort of the Imperium sort of faction as a whole. They respect the mat, so why wouldn't they want to go for a sort of long, drawn-out match where they don't have silly gimmicks like Francesca or uh, freaking unicorn horns and twerking and uh, other things and just have them have a great match. And maybe that's, like, a thing where you don't really know, because we don't really know their chemistry in the ring, how that could, like, fully pull out. But I think they could do quite well. I think Marcel Bartel would be really good against the New Day, particularly. I think he's absolutely fantastic. 
And then you also have Fabian Eichner, who is just, he's really coming into his own, sort of like being part of the group as this kind of powerhouse, who's also kind of athletic. Maybe you want to draw parallels to Big E in this type of feud, that it's almost like they're wrestling like a version of Big E in sort of like the ring, like in ring wise, not necessarily just sort of the character. And just have it be built around just sort of showing that the New Day does have this serious side to them. They didn't just become the longest reigning tag team champions for nothing. And really just sort of re-establish them as a unit, even though they don't have their muscle in Big E anymore. Show that they are still a threat to the tag team division. Because right now, that's kind of the main thing that they're missing. I feel. Now that they're now gone their separate ways, both of them, like both sides, need to re-establish themselves. In sort of both areas. On the topic of Big E. I. It's. I don't think it's hard to sort of predict certain things for him. But I think. Before we get to the eventual destination. For where I think Big E is going to be going. We're going to talk about this kind of filler feud I'm thinking of. Which is just. Something that you can do at Survivor Series. I feel. If you really wanted to as a kind of like Survivor Series team thing, and maybe you want to do some interfaction stuff on Raw and SmackDown, because we know the brand split doesn't matter. And for that, I think it's The Miz. Why The Miz? Because their Talking Smack segment was freaking brilliant. I think it's probably some of the best promo work The Miz has done in a long while, and I think it's probably one of the best promos Big E's done on his own, since the whole Kofi Mania situation, where he was saying that uh, Kofi's been working for 11 years, grinding, saying that he, this man deserves more. And quite frankly, I think now Big E deserves more. So let's talk about that. Big E, as a character, he he's kind of been, apart from the Kofi Mania situation, kind of the singles guy of the New Day, to some extent. Like... The stuff in, like, 2017, where he was kind of in the gauntlet matches to determine number one contender for AJ Styles' title. He was initially, I believe, to be put in the Money in the Bank ladder matches, I think, for the group. I could be wrong. I think he's probably the main guy who's worked in, sort of, the tag team title matches the most. He's kind of been that kind of guy in it. And lately, we've been starting to see him, sort of, like, in singles feuds and stuff with Sheamus and so on. I think The Miz can bring out the promo ability of Big E. That's not saying that Big E isn't a good promo. He's come leaps and bounds since Big E Langston. Where it was just five, five, five. It's it's Booker T. He was doing the Booker T stuff. Not really Booker T, but you know, the five count. And fun gimmick. But I don't think it's a gimmick that could have went far. Big E now is a guy that I think can go incredibly far in the singles division. And what better way to put him over than to have him beat a former WWE champion in a feud? And the reason why I'm suggesting to put The Miz in this spot, even though he's been drafted to Raw, I could be wrong there, but I believe he's been drafted to Raw, is that their content of their promos both parallel the idea that both of them want a shot at the world title at some point. The Miz has gone out and said in interviews that he wants to have that feeling of being the world champion again. Something that I feel he was kind of denied in 2016 when he had probably one of the best IC title runs in the past 10 years. I think he's really been a guy who's really made the most of social media as a thing. And even just sort of like network opportunities. And I think putting him in there with Big E as kind of a feud about... Both of them wanting to go for the world title, but both of them feel that they're not really being established or perceived as having that ability. Is something that can be something that can draw people into both characters. Plus, if you want, this is just a random tidbit because I think that I kind of want to see a John Morrison singles run. I don't know about you guys. I'd say put Dolph Ziggler into this. Now you might be asking me, why Dolph Ziggler? Why Zigledolf, Zigledolf, the Rudolf Zolk deer? Because he is one of the very few wrestlers who has a connection to both of them. The Miz, a guy with long-time feuds, and in addition to that, also both born in Cleveland, yet somehow they never met. I don't know how big Cleveland is. I assume it's fairly big. I don't know. And you also have Biggie, who he kind of brought in as his muscle before his big world title run. 
you can have, in addition to this, both of them kind of deserving to kind of go for a world title potentially, or both campaigning to, Dolph Ziggler trying to pick sides. And maybe this is just me randomly inserting Dolph Ziggler into a feud. But I think with this, you can establish Miz and Ziggler together as a tag team, which I think would actually be a pretty good team. Because then you can just get both of them hated, because regardless of what you think of Dolph Ziggler, I do think that he's a better heel than he is a babyface. And I think pairing him with The Miz, you can really sort of build on their chemistry as a team. And with Big E, you have another character who you can have Big E bounce off of and have more material to work with. Because the one thing that I fear with Big E is that they're just going to look at him as just being the guy from the New Day who's left on his own. And I think that Big E as a character could be so much more than that. I think that just having his narrative hook be that he was sort of left and split up from his original group and is trying to find his way on his own. You know what? That's a good story. But adding in someone, another person from his past, who's trying to tell him to go back to that old Biggie Langston type of thing, you can sort of have this conflict between Biggie trying to find himself as a singles guy, which has been one of the many stories that have been told with tag teams breaking up. You look at Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. You look at you know what? Miz and John Morrison. That's a great parallel. <laughs> Ironic, but a great parallel. And just have these competitive singles matches. I don't necessarily think that you want to make this a blood feud. I don't think that's necessary. But I think it's a good way of establishing Biggie as a singles competitor, other than his stuff with Sheamus. And maybe you want to put him in with a better worker, but I, I feel like with this... You give Biggie a lot more sort of like promo work, which I think will be amazing for him. And you sort of build his character so he can have that serious nature and also still be goofy. Because I'm afraid that now that he's broken up, they're just going to make him fully serious. When I don't think that was the appeal of Biggie to begin with. I feel like people got behind Biggie because he was a powerhouse who was not afraid to be goofy. The next one's kind of a dream match scenario. Match. Match. There we go. Match, match. It's it's one that I can see at Survivor Series because I can't believe we didn't get it last year. The New Day versus the Undisputed Era. Just give me the match, please. WWE, book this match. You have the greatest tag team in NXT history. Maybe one of the greatest factions in NXT versus one of your greatest factions in WWE. It writes itself. Like, you can do freaking Kyle O'Reilly's freaking rocking with the guitar versus uh, Xavier Woods' trombone. You have Kofi Kingston and Roderick Strong just trying to kick the hell out of each other. You've got the unique offense of the New Day, the trust fall from Kofi Kingston. You have the freaking submission work of Kyle O'Reilly versus the kind of baby face fire of Xavier Woods. That's a, that's a fun match. And it's a match that I can't believe we haven't got from the time that NXT's kind of been treated as like a third brand. It's, it's just a fun idea. And I really want to see it. Not gonna lie. With... Hell, if you want to bring Big E into it, make it free v free. Have Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole versus The New Day. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Especially since I think it's clear that maybe sometime next year, I think The New Day is going to come back together. I feel like this is one of those kind of experimental periods. So if you want to go for this feud, please do this feud. I will watch. I will 100% watch it. I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> Plus, it's a fun feud that you can kind of contest, build the story around. Who's the best faction in WWE history? Because you know, WWE loves their first time ever's and their in-history type of stuff. You know, the, we're the greatest thing of, insert thing here, history. It could be the greatest t-shirt in history, the greatest uh, NXT title in history. We are the greatest faction in history. Do, do something. With it, please. This is just me saying that just do it. Please do it, WWE. Please, please. I want to watch. I want to see it. I want to see people win. I want to see people lose. I want to see just them all break out into fights. Hell, if you want, 
I wouldn't mind this at all. Make it a hardcore match. Sorry, not hardcore. It's not hardcore in WWE anymore. It's a Falls Count Anywhere match. Because, you know, we've seen the New Day can get aggressive. I'm sure the Undisputed Era can get aggressive. We've seen Adam Cole versus Alistair Black at NXT TakeOver. Let's do it. Let's see that fun match you can have with it. Plus, I think Kofi Kingston and Adam Cole have really good chemistry together. Just a sort of like a... Just a regular sort of like dynamic. I think Kofi can still go tremendously despite how long he's been in the company. And yeah, that's it's quite a short idea. I'll admit it. It's just me being like, this is a match that I can't believe we didn't get to see. And why can't we still see it, WWE? Please, please do this. Like, you can have the Battle of the... Battle of the Bands segment. Hell, make a Battle of the Bands segment. You know how the uh, Kofi Kingston, not Kofi Kingston, New Day Usos rap battle thing happened? It was just a random segment that we all thought was going to be bad, and it turned out brilliant. Do that, but with the Undisputed Era. You can have, like, a freaking uh, rock band off or something like that. Almost like Guitar Hero if you want, because we know Adam Cole's a Usually on up, up, down, down. It's a video game battle. It's a battle of gamers. <laughs> because they're all epic gamers. And yeah, you know, doing little stuff like that really just sort of like build this kind of like rivalry between them. Almost kind of maybe Mr. Perfect style. Like I'm better than you at everything. Because that's kind of Adam Cole shtick. You can kind of do that with the New Day because they've kind of done everything a, a faction could do. Hell, they've even held all the belts at once. Same with Undisputed Era. Great commonality there. Something that you can play off with. You also have the air guitar thing and the trombone. You also have random exuberant merchandise sales. Both both camps, pretty good. And both of them having factions that also held all the Golden Wall titles. And I know I've already just said that point, but that point still stands. Ah. Uh. Okay, that was kind of... Long and convoluted, but that's just kind of a very fun dream scenario I think Survivor Series could really use. And hell, maybe you want to bring it in with the tag titles as a story way of bringing it in. Hey, yeah! This past five minutes has just been me gushing about Undisputed Era versus New Day, and I can't believe we haven't seen that yet. WWE, please. I've said that a lot, so we're going to move on to the last one. And it's the one that I think we all see coming. Now that Big E is now all alone on SmackDown. Big E versus Roman Reigns. It's it's a feud that I feel all of us kind of see coming. We look at kind of SmackDown sort of babyface roster. And there's, there's some guys who I think can challenge for the belt at this point. I mean, of course, we have Jimmy and Jay, so who I assume are both going to challenge at some point. I mean, we already have Jimmy. Or Jay. Or Jim, I'm just going to call it Jim J. And Roman kind of being this kind of thing. And of course, we have Teases of the Rock. And other baby faces, I recall being moved to SmackDown. We have Murphy, who's kind of up and coming, but I don't think he's really tested yet. And we have Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Rey, good challenger. Not really a guy who I can see winning the belt. Dominic, same sort of thing. Kind of build experience. Biggie, I think he's a guy who could probably take the belt potentially. There's there's not many guys on the SmackDown roster who I think they could potentially have as a project to build for that world title match. And for me, that's Biggie. Biggie, as of right now, is proving himself as a singles guy again, as we've already talked about, feud with Sheamus, and whatever they plan to do with him next. I think you can build this around how Biggie, kind of in the same way, if you want to parallel it to Kofi Mania, deserves more. In the way that he has been probably one of the most consistent performers of the New Day, but he never was really given the spotlight to some degree. Xavier Woods, sure, he wasn't really given similar spotlight, but he had all these other things to sort of back it up. Biggie. Not necessarily so much. He had to grind to really get sort of a character over and to be a lot more likable to a crowd, which I think Covey was initially already more, just from being more established and Xavier Woods, kind of an unknown. Biggie was already on the roster before the New Day happened for about two years, I believe, or a year. 
a year, two years, and then he won the IC title and didn't really go anywhere. Whereas if you parallel that to Roman Reigns, at that point, successful Shield run, uh, successful singles run, give or take Suffering Succotash. Suffering Succotash, he won the Royal Rumble. Then he had a world title after a bit. Then, you know, world titles, world titles, uh, US title for a bit. Big E, he hasn't really been given that singles opportunity. Someone to really just sort of push him to that next level that we, I think we all can firmly believe we're going to see. And this was already talked about before with, you know, who could take the title off Roman. And if there's really going to be another great WrestleMania moment. How poetic would it be that on the same event that Kofi Kingston held up the WWE Championship after so many years of hard work, that we end the show on Big E as Universal Champion and Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods all reuniting, holding the tag titles and the world title together. Something that happened before, but was never really given that proper moment that I feel the faction really needed to solidify itself. You can kind of build it in the same way as well, but uh, parallel to Kofi Kingston saying that, uh, not Kofi Kingston saying, Big E saying during Kofi Mania that he's been here 11 years grinding, this man deserves more. Do a parallel with that with uh, Big E. Have Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods just keep on sort of rallying behind Big E to just, even if it means going away from being, like, back as part of a group, just going to beat Roman Reigns. Like, if you really want to build that kind of, like, tension of that type of thing, that this is kind of like the Big E business, the Big E business, the Big E business, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a piece of alliteration I was not thinking of for the Big E business. The Big E business. Par- parallels and rivals to the Hurt business. <laughs> Where you can you can do you can do the thing. You can you can have them almost reunite, but not quite reunite, because they're like, look, we can't quite reunite yet because we know that if we do, you're gonna go back to this type of thing, and we know that if you do that, you're not gonna take this match seriously. Because you're back with us. Because look what happened during the draft, like, Big E just had this match with Sheamus, still pretty serious, but we're starting to go back to that kind of, like, can you feel the power? It's a new day, yes it is. And that can be the great way of separating them, but also showing how together they are as a group. Maybe because interbrand warfare, uh... Uh, Roman Reigns is just, like, beating down on Biggie. Maybe he has the Usos on his, as part of a faction or something. Faction be faction fun times. And you can have it where, like, the rest of the New Day members, like, take the bullet for him. Like, they take spears. They take Superman punches. All to allow just sort of Biggie to be a 100% for WrestleMania. And it's just this all-out brawl. Like, Biggie doing this for the representation of his group. And Roman Reigns trying to establish that he is one of the great, like, characters of all time in this sort of modern WWE. And then, hell, I I would love to see confetti of them all holding the belts together. Like, yay, we did it. I realise I just went back and forth with pretty much the same point, but the point still stands. So with that, we're on to the final segment of the show. Yay. And that is... The, I guess, the reoccurring segment. I wouldn't say classic, because it, I think it's a hit and miss. But I think sometimes it's it's great, it hits it out of the park, and sometimes it it, it just it hits a bunt. If you know baseball, then it hits a bunt. It, it's fantasy fumble. And for the people who have new to this podcast, who are first time tuning in, fantasy fumble is the section of the show where... We, we don't pitch like on the rest of these pitches. We try and produce the best, worst, weirdest, or wackiest storyline that I can come up with. And it's just the free reign of booking ideas. 
Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one. Fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin! What day is it? It's Survivor Series, of course. Why would it be Survivor Series, you may ask? So we can have the new day, have a nice, happy reunion. Everything's going great. They're all re reuniting, reminiscing about their unicorn horns, their pancakes, especially their pancakes, and their bootios, because, you know, they gotta sell their merchandise. Available on www.shop.com. I don't know why I'm plugging this. They don't sponsor anything on this show. So, we continue on. We get this done. We see that as they talk about this, we're having segments back and forth once again. And then, live on WWE's YouTube channel, Up Up Down Down, they, they start streaming. They start doing stuff, playing video games, doing all the other things they did, because they're goofy men doing goofy things. But then, at some point, the stream is cut and is interrupted by left, right. Left, right. That's right. It's Tyler Breeze. <laughs> Breezes Christ. It is Tyler Breeze. And he's here to talk about the specific things that anyone else can do. Uh, like, freaking, uh, he's the left, right, left, right champion. Because he's the leftiest, leftiest of the left, right, left, right group. <laughs> That's right. He's the champion. Of course, we know Xavier Woods. He despises left, right, left, right. Why? Because it ruined his one million subscriber YouTube channel. Like, comment, and subscribe. All those random things that happen. All those random things. And so, we continue on. Weeks and weeks of potential brand supremacy, brand faction warfare, inter-brand supremacy. The New Day interrupt NXT segments with NXT Tag Team Champions Brizango. Of course. They bring out their Xbox controllers. Their Xbox controllers, their PlayStation controllers, and they just start battling it out, hitting them. Think of the CEO gaming stuff with Michael Nakazara and Jason Bailey. Jason Bailey? I think it's Jason Bailey. Jabated. And then they're just fighting. They're hitting themselves with their random uh, controllers, uh, thumbtacks instead that are Legos. All these random things. Teasing the eventual match that we shall see coming to Survivor Series, the inaugural E-Free match. What is the E-Free match, you may ask? It is the ultimate gamers of gamers gamer matches. That's right, gamers. It is. It's the battle of controllers. You can either win by pinfall, submission, or by beating the- or by beating your favorite game in under a certain time limit. That's right, gamers. It's that type of game. It's the speed run, baby! And it's through this, we see both of them kind of prepping and training. Xavier Woods, the pro gamer who used to win all the, the tournaments with a power glove, finding that he's lost his step, losing to Kofi Kingston, aka Mr. 24-7, and Big Wolf. Big Wool. Tyler Breeze, aka mm, Gorgeous or Charles or whatever you want to call him in this. Just doing regular gamer things, playing video games, training with Fandango, maybe a dance party in video games because who knows what Breezango really does. And we get this. We find ourselves at the pay-per-view. What pay-per-view? You know, for this, we're just gonna say, you know what? Screw the pay-per-view. It's an E3 event, baby. Just like the CEO gaming, not CEO gaming, E3 event between the Elite and the New Day, it's this! Why is it this, you may ask? Because I couldn't think of anything else, and this is just a random thing I think can be put together. Now, what happens from here? We see all video game related weaponry that we've seen in the previous be added. Xbox controllers thrown from side to side, the random super kicks off PlayStation controllers, suicide dives off of the Wii U, and so much more. We see Tyler Breeze hit a supermodel kick into Xavier Woods having him fall and fall into a series of tables. Gaming tables, gaming sets, all the shebang because we can do whatever we want. And of course, Big Wool 
taking on Fandango, Kofi Kingston watching on the side, just trying to play a video game as quickly as he can. Trying to speed run Street Fighter, I don't know. Street Fighter, we're gonna go with Street Fighter. And we have our classic thing. Tyler Breeze trying to interrupt, also trying to play the video games for the Left Right Left Right Championship. Of course, in this, Tyler Breeze is on the cusp of winning the match, only to be interrupted. Xavier Woods. They fight in the fighting game, competing after one another. High kicks, low kicks, super kicks across from Kofi Kingston and Big E hitting Von Dago. Because remember, this is still kind of two on three, so they have to be winning this, right? <laughs> and so, comes down to this. Fandango won't be pinned at this moment. Why, you may ask? Because the new day wants to win via the power of video games, through the power of friendship, through the power of all the merchandise, so that they can eventually sell this as merchandise. And it's through this we see the unprettiest, the woods things that I've forgotten his moves. And he eventually wins. Why does he win? Why does this continue? It just does, because they're gamers. They keep going and going, time expiring, only for Breeze to lose at the last second. He loses the belt, the left-right, left-right title, and on this new day, Xavier Woods reclaims, reunites, and purifies the new day. And up, up, down, down, because it's a new day. Yes, it is. Okay, that was very convoluted. <laughs> I keep on saying this segment will get worse and worse, and it's true. It's a hundred percent true. Was it me pitching random stuff with no colloquial thing? Yes. Was it enjoyable? Maybe. We'll see. So, yep, uh, that's kind of the end of the show. Uh, just talking points. Uh, I'm really going to miss the New Day as a team. Like, legitimately... A faction that really, I feel, grew on people as years and years went on. And I generally think is one of the greatest WWE factions that they've ever made. I hope that all of them have successful runs in one way or another. Of course, I want to be optimistic about a Big E singles run. And sort of Kofi and Xavier kind of going on their own. Maybe we will get that Xavier Woods entrance music finally. Finally, he'll finally have some entrance music that isn't our truths And, yeah, now that we're on to the end of this, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm sorry if this is a little bit later. I'm still trying to get adjusted to everything. Kind of gone back to studying. And, yeah, that's just kind of it. Wow, great way to end it. That's kind of it. Great end conclusion. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I hope all of you have a lovely day, and remember everybody, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. Good night everybody!